0: Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way.
1: I'm Eric Gunther.
0: And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to House Party. Uh, how are you guys doing? Great. Pretty good.
1: What's, go- what's going on in the news?
0: What's going on in the news? Well, I mean... <laughs> covid COVID um still yeah still yes covid social distancing staying at home working from home everything school from home all these things happening at home and just living through all this has made us realize a few things about a long lusted after uh feature of the house open the open floor plan open floor plans have been the Layout du jour for years, Eric, what is an open floor plan
1: it's It's just where you have a flow from your kitchen into your living space into your dining room into your family room over the past decade or so or you know maybe a little longer. Folks have said like i you know I want to be able to see into the kitchen and I want to see my guests as I'm cooking and I want to interact with my guests and I don't want to be closed off and I want to be able to see my significant other if they're in a, in a separate room and I can call out to my kids, you know, so this open floor plan has kind of taken off. But with the pandemic hitting, people have said like, ooh, is this such a great idea now? Because ooh. I don't, I don't have a space because, you know, there's not, it's hard for me to work. It's hard for me to focus because the yeah. room is just open. So right. I mean, I'll
2: put our coworker on blast right now. I won't name names, but we were on a conference call yesterday and her partner was watching tv and our coworker was on the call and we could totally hear everything going on in the tv mm. behind mm-hmm. her it was very distracting and i mean it's not like a, a knock against her she can't help it i mean when you have nowhere to go that's where that's what you're stuck with so
0: we did an article this week um kind of discussing is the open floor plan over mm-hmm. did covid kill the open floor plan essentially is does it you know for for future building for people who are renovating for what buyers and renters are looking for is an open floor plan just not a thing that they're gonna consider anymore in favor of places that you know you can work in you can go to a separate room you can have sectioned off spots in your house where you can get things done if the entire family is there
1: my main takeaways from this that that i got was that yes you we will see buyers looking at homes differently now because they may say, you know, as they're touring through a home or they may walk through a home and they may say, "Mm, this doesn't have a space for me to really work or focus Mm -hmm. on work. Um, So that may be at the top of buyers' minds right now. And, you know, agents and builders and sellers are going to have to adapt to that, that buyers will come walking through a home or look at listing photos and say, hmm, is there really a space for me to, you know, carve out for my office in yeah. this grand open floor plan
0: especially if their work situation allows them to have the flexibility to work remotely and right. work from home so basically you presented three different angles to this argument eric you <laughs> you talked to people who were in favor um or you writer talked to people who were in favor of the open pl- floor plan people who think that it needs to go back to sectioned off rooms and then an interesting angle that I agree with is a hybrid, essentially. Um, right. Finding smart ways to carve out little areas of your home, you know, a place where you can pull down a desk and kind of section yourself off. Right. Um, so just getting smarter about how you can temporarily section off the home. Um, yeah. Just and just th- putting more thought into that when you're designing a home.
1: And definitely a light bulb went off in my head when I, you know, was editing this article. Desks don't need to take up that much space right now. Mm -hmm. Desks were conceived with the idea of laying out, you know, all your work horizontally. Right now, all you need is a little vertical space. So the idea that you're referring to is, yeah, maybe there are are little foldouts that we can offer off a countertop or something like that, where you can just set up a little kind of a desk area and not have it take up as much space. You don't need as much space. And maybe Mm -hmm. adapt some of your outdoor spaces to work outside if you have a yard or balcony. Yeah.
0: Um, You have that luxury. We love seeing when you set up outside and join meetings. Um, Right.
1: So I think that that's the big takeaway is is that people will be – I buyers for sure will be you know that have the ability to work from home will be eyeing homes differently. They'll they'll say like yeah. do I do I really want all this open expanse of of area or should I think about where I would want actually be able to work and focus?
0: Totally. It's harder with apartments.
2: Yeah, it's and it's kind of been getting to me. Like I what I when I first moved in that's what I really liked about it was the open feel, but now being confined here for months on end at this point I'm like okay I'm just in one big open room and it if I lived here with anybody else it would be I I don't know how it would work I mean one of (laughs) us would have to be in the bedroom all day and one of us would have to be in the living room
0: in Eric's story he did mention someone who lives in a loft um, who initially they were like oh cool like a huge open loft space and Now, then they, I think they actually moved back to their old home, right? Right. Because they're just like, oh, my God, quarantining with mom, dad, kids in a 900-square-foot loft space is not working.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. It looks cool, and it feels cool when you're not there all the time. But if Mm -hmm. this is your place to live, and it's your place to play, and it's your place to work, it starts to actually feel more claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. weird way even yeah. though it's open i don't For know sure. It's it's strange but i
0: like that paradox <laughs> yeah um yeah is the open floor plan here to stay or is it going bye-bye we just have to wait and see
1: if you want to weigh in and you have thoughts please email us at podcast at realtor.com One of the more popular shows on HGTV is The Property Brothers. Uh, Any guesses on how many seasons The Property Brothers has run now on HGTV?
0: Oh, uh, 17.
2: (laughs)
1: It's it's somewhere around 13 or 14.
0: Ooh, Rachel, we (laughs) kind of split the
2: difference. Yeah, Yeah, but Price is Right rolls you you won, I lost. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I
1: think they're (laughs) on season 14 right now. In the past, we've you know we look at when kind of a property brothers renovated home hits the market, and uh, just within the past week or two, we wrote an article about a home from season thirteen that went on the market. A couple bought a house for four hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars, and then and but where is this home? This is this home is in Nashville. Uh, it Thank is six one three Brook Hollow Road in Nashville, Tennessee. The property brothers came in, did their magic, spent about. A quarter of a million on renovations. And they put the house on the market uh, just in April for $850,000. But that wasn't the only Property Brothers home on the market this week. Uh, We also covered a home that Drew Scott worked on in Los Angeles. And this is in a neighborhood called Hancock Park and this home went on the market for seven million dollars as opposed to the Nashville home, which I said went on the market for eight hundred and fifty thousand. So two wildly different price points. The LA home, it was bought by an LLC. It happens to be on the same street where the Property brothers have also purchased two other properties. One was Drew's honeymoon house, I believe, or mm, and the then Black Rim. Yeah, and then the other one they bought then the house they purchased the house right next door to that, and I think we even talked about that on the pod like a year or more ago, mm-hmm. um, and we speculated at the time, oh, is Jonathan going to live next door to his brother? Uh, Jonathan shot down those rumors and said, oh, you know, we have other projects going up, going on, and then this house, I don't know, it's not clear if the property brothers bought this LA house and fixed it up themselves or if. A investor bought this house and commissioned Drew to do the work.
2: I kind of have a hot take, I think. Oh, please. Oh, I, 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 love a, I, love a,
1: I love a hot take.
2: I love the exterior of the LA home. It's very Spanish style. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't really care for much of the inside. Okay. But a little ostentatious for my tastes.
0: If I had to choose between the two, I would choose the LA home. <laughs> okay. Um, The Nashville one is, while the the size of the home is perfectly fine, um, the decor is a little rustic for my taste. The L.A. home, there is a little bit more of that like traditional look as opposed to like a rustic look. This house is interesting, though. It has these these uh, like checkerboard floors. There's there's a lot of original fixtures um, that the the, the property brother maintained.
2: Um, Yeah, it was built in 1923 and it, it definitely shows that in certain areas yeah. of the home, the ceiling treatments. And like you said, the flooring. Um, yeah. And I do like that. I just think that overall it seems a little in your face somehow. Mm. I don't know. I agree. The,
0: the, the chandelier that they chose over this dining table is, I don't, I, why? <laughs> like what? It's very a modern,
2: idea. sleek. Like it looks like it should be in a, the new American home that I saw mm-hmm. in the Yeah, Vegas or like a bachelor pad or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I think
0: the master is my favorite room of this house. Um, I love the closet doors. I love those kind of mid century modern chairs. Um the master bath is a little schizophrenic to me though, because they do have the continuation of the checkerboard floors in the bathroom mm-hmm. and then they throw it up against a white sleek marble modern shower and then they have this like sunburst light fixture and it's just way too much I think it's just uh, okay. in the, it doesn't maybe it just doesn't photograph well but I, I do not agree
1: <laughs> in both homes I, I love the tile work that they've done in a lot of the bathrooms. Uh, mm-hmm. And in in the Nashville home, there's some tile work around the fireplace that they did.
0: You love, Eric, you love a Moroccan tile.
1: I do. I, I, oh, I
0: do too. I, I mean, they did Moroccan tile even in the master too. They did a full accent wall of it, which is, which is pretty cool.
2: I love a Moroccan tile. And I love the colors that they've used here. There's a lot of blue and teal. Great Those color my favorite. scheme. There's Moroccan tile in every room. I'm all for pattern on pattern, but this is a little bit too much maximalism for me. Like they've just combined a little too many patterns with colors and it's just it's uh, assaulting a little bit. to it my It feels
0: eyes. trendy is like Moroccan tiles are definitely like a trend in design in general right now. You think? And I think they're kind of timeless. Right. So I guess maybe what i mean is like the mixing of so the many the mixing different patterns is definitely a trend yeah for sure is and that that can look dated so this nashville house was on the show so yes. clearly they go they go a little over the top with with the design if it's on a, if it's on the show like they really flex their design Mm -hmm. muscles a lot of the time and
1: but disclaimer that the la home might be the subject of some future property brothers show that we that hasn't even been announced yet so Mm. we don't know i mean i don't know
0: maybe zoe deschanel owns it
1: we don't know. It's owned by an LLC, but the Nashville home, the one that went on the market in April, has already had its price cut three times, and which is kind of a weird sign. I don't know, Rachel, if you know. Um, the, if you know, this might neighbor. want to
2: make that four. It four. looks Ooh. like it's seven seventy-five now.
1: Yeah, it is seven. Uh, that's what we have in the article: seven seventy-five. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, that's fine. Uh,
2: still, that's yeah. It's, for this area of town, that's. Mm. Is that expensive for that area? No, this is a very affluent, um, ritzy area of Nashville. It's it's mm. the place to be. It's near. It's in Bellmead, um, and it's it buffers up to Bellmead Plantation. Um, it's just a, you know, there's a lot of land. It's on an acre lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and it's sizable square footage, and I mean, it's it's really, yeah. I'm surprised that this is not a million. Frankly, right.
0: yeah. I'm For surprised, more. too. Yeah, it's it really does seem like there's value there in the house. Um, well, and
1: especially with, with the Property Brothers pedigree. I, yeah, it's like I said, the price has been cut three times. So it's had a total of 10 percent has been cut off the price in just over a month, basically. Uh, I so. mean,
0: it, it did hit the market. Yeah. Like you said, 30 during days COVID. ago. Yeah. So it's yeah. during COVID. So that's clearly affecting people's desire to actually buy a home. But somebody's gonna yeah. get
1: somebody's gonna get a sweet deal on a on a Property Brothers branded not branded but you know a Property Brothers pedigreed home in Nashville. Um,
2: yeah. Do you guys want to move to Nashville? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell my parents to buy this. They're <laughs> yeah. in the market.
1: There you go. For sure.
2: Thank so you that, for bringing these two properties to our attention, Eric.
1: Yeah, that's the latest on the uh, Property Brothers front.
2: We didn't really. We all went around and said our thoughts, sort of. But yeah. if you had to choose one home or another, Natalie picks L.A. Mhm. Um I'm on the fence. I have I have personal bias toward Nashville, but I really do like the LA house. Uh Eric, what do you think?
1: I like the Nashville one.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think the the LA one might be a little too much house for me. I mean I like mm-hmm. I like that old world feel that it has, but I think the Nashville one is got the acreage and it's feels cozy. It's, yeah, it's more just yeah. yeah it's more I don't know, relatable, I guess maybe the, it's more
0: approachable. The approachable yeah.
1: That's is the word. Yes. My
2: first thought about LA was ostentatious and yep. yeah, I agree. Okay. Nashville is approachable.
1: There we go. There's your, there's your answer.
0: Father's day is the Sunday. Uh, we love to celebrate the dads in our lives and we love to reflect back on the Some of the knowledge that they might have passed on to us, Um, and of course, since we talk about home decor and homes and everything and home improvement, we thought it'd be fun to poll some of our peeps and see what sort of (laughs) advice they've picked up from their, I know, I sound so cool, (laughs) what advice they've picked up from their dads um,
2: in terms of like home decor advice. Well. I want to know what you've picked up from your dad first. Oh, okay.
0: Well, my dad is very handy. Um, Shout out to him if he's listening. (laughs) I mean, one thing that really stands out is uh, he always told me to read the directions before you start building something. You know, if you have a piece of furniture that comes in pieces and you have to build it, always read the directions, you know, get yourself familiar with what you need, all the, all the pieces and everything and that'll just make it easier, make the whole process less frustrating. And I think that that's why I actually enjoy putting furniture together. Um, You're a monster. A, a, a ta- I know a task that a lot of people can't stand. Um, I find a nice, I find a nice piece of uh, IKEA furniture just very soothing to put together. <laughs> Not soothing. I think that's Yuri. going too far. You're a lunatic, but I know, um, know. but that's, but yeah, just read the instructions. Um, You know, don't jump in too quickly. Uh, Have you guys picked up any tips from your dads over the years? I
2: have to ask, is that one of your hacks to read the instructions?
0: That would be a hack. (laughs) That would be a Natalie hack. Yes. While while
1: drinking a cup of coffee. So you can can multitasking at its
0: finest. Multitasking. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Uh my
1: dad didn't really—he uh, he wasn't super like a handy guy, and that's not a diss, and I'm not either. So he mm-hmm. he passed he passed that trait on to me. Um, well,
0: one of the—I mean, one of the tips that that we featured in the in this article is know when to call a pro, know when to call an expert, and sort right. of biting off more than you can chew, jumping into a project, and just end up frustrated and pissed off that you can't complete something it's like just just know when to call someone to help you out
1: right I think that that's that's good advice I think in terms of my dad I think he did he did pass along kind of a green thumb I mean he mm, was he was yeah. a he was a I mean that's not working you know hammering nails or anything like that or using no, a wrench but
2: it's still that's landscaping and I
1: think I, I mean just a, a love of planting and you know tending to a you know a garden or a yard he mm-hmm. he was very into that and uh that part I think I have picked up on
0: nice some of the gardening tips in this story I mean one dad said experiment in the garden you know it's it's fun to grow lettuce and green beans but why not try some other things like watermelon and even if it doesn't necessarily work out you don't yield something it's it's still nice to try to to diversify your garden,
2: yeah.
0: um, also attract pollinators. that's something um, <laughs> that's important for gardens to grow and if you plant the right flowers around your garden you'll you'll attract bees.
1: yeah, that's a good dad advice and i mean we we have a lot of pollen in our yard and we we do get a lot of bees and hummingbirds, and yeah it's it's great i mm-hmm. I, I love that,
0: yeah.
2: I guess I would say I'm still learning from him. There aren't necessarily things that he's <laughs> that have stuck with me throughout the years. And maybe <laughs> that's my fault. Um, my dad's not like the handiest of guys, but he's pretty self-sufficient. I mean, I'm growing up. I remember him frequently being on the roof, um, cleaning out mm. the gutters or he'd go under the house, which is my personal nightmare.
0: Um, mm. And I will
2: never do it. I will always hire somebody to go under my house. Um but I still, you know, I'm in my 30s and today I will still call him if I have a plumbing issue and I'll FaceTime and I'll show him what's going on and he'll walk me through it. So he's he's my first stop before I even Google anything. My dad is very much into the yard and making mm. it look lush. And actually, Natalie, you've seen photos of my parents' uh, yeah. yard and and lawn. They take a lot of pride in that, but... To be honest with you, because I've never had a yard of my own. I've never had to go to him for advice. And I don't know how they did it. Like, right. Several times per year, like they would get out there and plant seed and mm-hmm. fertilize and blah, blah, blah. And-
0: my dad was the same way. I feel like that's that's pretty uh, just a the stereotypical dad-like. thing with dads. It's I like, know.
2: Taking care of that lawn. It's got to look good. Yeah. For and this. I thought, I mean, frankly, if I learned any lessons. <laughs> my dad over the years it's that i don't actually want a big <laughs> lawn because he would get out there once a week and just in this sweltering 95 degree humidity heat in tennessee mm-hmm. and like mow the lawn and trim around the the edges and do all this work and then just have to do it again <laughs> three or four days later and i'm like Why? This is lunacy to me. So maybe that's what my dad taught me is that the things I don't want. um,
0: Well, we just want to say thank you to all the dads and father figures out there um, and to all our listeners. We hope that you have a great celebration on Sunday, however you choose to spend the day.
2: Thanks, Dad. We love you.
1: So we've seen... In the past, a couple of glass houses have kind of come on the market. And when I say glass house, I mean a house that looks like a cube or, you know, a horizontal structure where the entirety of the outside walls are glass and maybe not very many interior walls, if any. And it's kind of where you can see right into the house from outside of it. And you can everybody inside the house can see outside. It's there's not yeah. a lot of it's like a, a car of... showroom. Yeah, not a lot of secrets. A car showroom would be a good analogy. Uh, the famous one in Connecticut, the Philip Johnson Glass House. Uh, I think that's a kind of more of a cube, and it's you know world renowned. It's it's basically a museum now. You can go see it. Uh, there's also one in Illinois called the Farnsworth House. A a book was written about this place recently. It was built by the architect uh, Mies van der Rohe in 1951. It's a Mm -hmm. glass box. This house now that I'm talking about today took its cue from the Farnsworth House. This house is built in Dallas, and it's called the Ricks House, and it just went on the market for $7.5 million, and it was made of entirely of glass, There's 40 slabs of marble and 60 tons of steel. If you want to follow along and check out the photos of this place, it's 11345 West Rick's, R I C K S Circle in Dallas.
0: In terms of like open floor plan, I mean, hello. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. this is, this is. It nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) This this really nailed it. Why, you guys, why for some reason am I like loving this house? I
1: I love it. I mean, I, I, it, it's it's a it, it is it's designed to showcase art I think on yeah. the interior spaces and it is kind of a work of art in and of itself.
0: The design is t- typically what we would call cold, right. but for some reason I think maybe just the the lighting it, the, these these floor to ceiling windows all around like there's clearly amazing natural light coming through so it just. I wouldn't mind living here.
2: <laughs> like it right. feels cozy because you almost feel like you're living outside, and it's right. there's trees and it's lush outside.
1: I want to say it's gated or it's it's up a up a private drive, so it's not that you would just be able to, like I say, walk walk right in. And okay. uh, yeah, you know, I love the pool. It's not really a pool. It's kind of a reflective body of water it's not really big enough to be a pool uh the agent said that you could convert it into a you know proper swimming pool but right now it's kind of designed to be like a almost a meditative a water kind of, feature like a water feature to kind of sit there and just look at the water and
0: the- it's so beautiful and there's trees kind of hovering over the water so it's it's there's like that reflection it almost like zends me out just to like look at these photos i'm just <laughs> like oh my gosh this place like <gasps> but would
2: you live here full time uh, I yeah, would. and it does. I mean, have- I it needs more furniture. Like,
0: it would look different with more furniture in it. I think well, it true, maybe would true. look more homey with more furniture in it. Um, because right now they just have a few curved sofas, and these- the bare minimum of furnishings. Yes. To yeah, and I think that's intentional to show off the architectural beauty of the home.
1: Right. The agent we spoke with said that there are some screens that can come up where it allows for privacy. You know.
2: That's oh, what like I was in the say. Like that would that yeah. would clinch the deal for me is having some sort of screens yeah. on the window right. that there you are, can draw. There,
1: there are yeah some unobtrusive kind of I think I want to say a smart home feature almost where you would press a button and a kind of a screen drops down in certain yeah. areas.
0: I mean that yeah that does kind of seal it. Just just in the bedroom like when you're sleeping. I don't know.
1: I would yeah I would live here no problem. Rachel, me-
2: would you? I- assurances would have to be made <laughs> whoa mm-hmm.
1: that nobody could see what goes yeah
2: on. <laughs> i mean if i'm gonna walk around naked in my house i want to make sure <laughs> nobody's creeping up on me
1: yo yeah. yo um
2: but it is it is beautiful it is a work of art um yeah i would want the ability to draw some blinds if i wanted to um, it needs some furniture and a homey touch. But otherwise, yeah, it's gorgeous. If you're a minimalist, <laughs> or if you are
0: just super curious about minimalist design, check out this place. Yeah. It is now time for winners and losers. This is our segment at the end of the episode. We're going to discuss celebrities and the houses that they bought, sold, or rented. Let's start with our loser. Our loser is a high-profile dude in Silicon Valley. Maybe not a household name unless you've read the Steve Jobs book. Um, his name is Mike Markula, And he is one of the co-founders of Apple. And he is our real estate loser of the week.
1: Yes. He has a ranch in Carmel Valley. As you can imagine, he made out quite well he was uh employee i believe considered employee number three at apple Mm -hmm. and uh, he made out quite well uh as you can imagine and he ended up purchasing a ranch in carmel valley which is south of monterey you know think carmel but a little more inland Mm -hmm. and uh this is a 14,000 acre ranch it it spans i want to say around 20 miles it's it's huge it's a huge property it went on the market in 2013 for 60 million dollars that's six zero and then came back on the market in 2016 for 45 and now just within the last month it's back on the market for 37 and a half million
0: so So nearly gonna take a loss
1: he's gonna well i'm not sure how much he spent way back when he bought this place he bought it in the 80s but he'll take a loss on the asking yeah it definitely take a loss on the asking price yes What uh, struck me about this article is that there's a main house, and the main house measures 5,400 square feet, and it's Mm -hmm. a one bedroom.
0: (laughs) I just saw that. (laughs) Open (laughs) house plan <laughs> well i don't
1: know i don't even know that it is an open plan i mean it's hard to. no you it's know.
0: not it's 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 yeah it's the, n- there's a separate dining room um.
1: but but yeah it, it i've never seen a 5400 square foot house with one bedroom <laughs> that that one struck me
0: this is for empty nesters
1: it definitely people friend. with no
2: friends. Oh no. Um, people with
1: people a lot of friends. People working
2: from home right now. Yeah.
1: People with a lot of friends. Cause this place has like guest cabins and like I said, they're. Oh, I see.
0: So n- everyone else who comes to visit li- stays in these guest cabins. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. There's, okay.
1: there's a, there's a place for your, you know, the person that watches your property, the, you know, the person that tends to your, your livestock, their houses for everybody. And uh, it even comes with its own airstrip and helipad.
2: Okay, important. Good. I was wondering about that.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, it is pretty remote to get to. I guess you know, but it. I guess it's, it's probably about I want to say a twenty or twenty five minute drive into town, or where mm. you could into Carmel. Yeah, into get get to civilization.
0: And the reason why this place has had price drops, and it's just it's searching for a buyer. Number one, the astronomical price. Right. Number two, the fact that it the decor needs some sprucing up it's it's pretty old, um the main house, yeah, the main house, mm-hmm. and then number three, it's just to buy a ranch is kind of. You really
1: have to be able to wrap your head around buying fourteen thousand acres of land. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, you can't. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to buy this and have it be in my back pocket. You have to, you know that that needs care and upkeep. This this is a mm-hmm. this is a lot of work. Yeah. In- there needs to be
2: intention behind it.
1: Yes, in, in, intention is a good word.
2: I will admit, mm-hmm. as a Silicon Valley resident, mm-hmm. I had not heard of Mike Markula before. Mm-hmm even though he co-founded Apple with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, which Mm. I know everybody has heard of. Mm -hmm. What is he known for?
1: Well, he was known for kind of being the adult in the room, kind of, you know, Jobs and Wozniak were brilliant, and Wozniak, still alive, is brilliant. Uh, But, you know, they were kind of kicking around, trying to make a go of it with Apple. He kind of, I think, put a, a more regimented kind of business plan in place and started, you know telling them how they could actually, you know, make this a profitable enterprise. Mm -hmm. So um, they were they were still like the the young hip up and comers. And he was like, kind of like, hey, guys, let's put let's put a business plan together and and get this uh, get this really rolling. He was
0: played by Dermot Mulroney in the one of the movies. Yeah, I
2: guess I guess his name did not stick with me, but. Yeah.
1: He served as Apple CEO from 81 to 83. And uh, yeah, he was on the board for a long time and uh, obviously oh. made a boatload of money.
0: Yeah. All right. So Mike Markula, our real estate loser of the week. Okay. Let's move on to our winners. There are two of them this this I almost said this year today. Um, they are... Actually, Rachel, I'm going to let you say the names <laughs> because you actually did the work and found out how to pronounce the male winner's
2: last name. So I did. take it away. I, I dove deep and I did the research. <laughs> um, our winners this week are Sophia Vergara and Joe Manganiello.
1: Yes, they bought a mansion that was once owned by Barry Bonds, and they got a little bit of a deal on the place. It, they they mm. bought a place for $26 million. It's in Beverly Hills. It's in an exclusive... Gosh neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. It went on the market at the end of 2019 for $30 million, and uh, they ended up scoring it for 26
0: Watch that network TV money work. And, yeah. I mean, who's to say that Joe does not have Magic Mike money either? Oh, I'm sure he, of course. He made a yeah, pretty yeah. penny off of that as well. So this house is Mediterranean-style through and through. Mm-hmm. We have arches. We have tiled roof. We have plaster walls, we have columns. What we uh, don't what large we don't
1: swimming pool. What we don't large have though.
0: Pool.
2: Our interior photos.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> Go yeah,
0: <laughs> going through these listing photos, all we can see is the beautiful exterior, which it is a sight to behold, but it would be nice to check out the kitchen, you know, the master, see what the bed- the bathrooms are like.
1: Yeah, this place is on almost 2 acres and it's an in a gated community. It's it- very private, very secluded. As I said, Barry Bonds owned it for over a decade, I want to say. He uh, bought it in 20, what did he buy? Oh, I'm sorry, 2002. Wow. Mm. Back when he was re- starring for the Giants, he bought this place for $8.7 and then kind of put it on the market starting in 2013 and uh, sold it 2014 uh, He bought it
0: for 8 million yeah 8.7 2002? but he
1: made a lot of improvements to it uh, you know at, okay. over, over okay. the years um yeah he expanded the footprint of the home by over five thousand square feet while he owned oh, it. oh wow yeah
0: okay so that that makes sense why the
1: yeah.
2: price tag has risen to 26 million okay yeah, yeah. um on the market quite a long time before it sold
0: right yes. it, it was
1: on the market for a year or more
2: 228 um, days according to realtor.com
1: yeah
0: I mean, it certainly took finding the right buyers. Clearly, Sophia and Joe fell in love with this place. Um, I love the landscape. I mean, <laughs> all we can see is the exterior, but the landscaping, all these trees, there are so many different types of trees, olive trees. It's, it's absolutely stunning. I mean, talk about a place that requires a lot of maintenance. Oh, this yeah. Place. They will need a full-time gardening staff to maintain this place. Well, um, and
1: that's in addition to the 17,000 square feet of interior space that will need upkeep as well.
0: Yeah, right, 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 right. So, this is um, n- this is no small huge. purchase. Yeah. Um, But good on them for getting a deal. Yes. And this, I, we could call this like a historic piece of Beverly Hills property, right? It has a... Kind of a celebrity history. It has
2: a, pedig- it too, has right? a
1: pedigree. I, I wouldn't go so far as to call it historic. But. Yeah, it
2: was right. built in uh, 1999. I'll, 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 say it's, clear.
1: I'll, <laughs> I'll say it's well pedigreed. It has,
0: well, it you has, guys by Natalie's standards,
2: that's historic. <laughs> yeah, 99 to me is like
0: ancient. So, oh
2: <laughs> so many upgrades needed.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You know, it's probably for the best that they didn't show us the interior photos because Lord knows I'd have so many upgrades. Um, you would have
2: a field day with it.
0: Very cool. Very cool property and good on them for getting a deal. So that is why they are winners this week. They're also
2: just gorgeous. So yeah.
0: We like them. And with that, that is it for house party. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like what you heard, please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, And if you have a couple minutes, please give us a five star rating and give us a review. If you want to check out any of the stories we discussed today, you can go to realtor.com slash news. You can also go to Google, type in the topic, type in realtor.com, and the story should show up for you. Eric, where can people get a hold of us?
1: Yeah, if you have any thoughts, any ideas, any feelings that you want to share, please email us at podcast at realtor.com, singular podcast at realtor.com.
2: And if email is not your jam, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and on Twitter. We are at House Party Pod on both. Please find us there. Follow us and join the conversation. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be taking a break next week, actually.
0: Uh, I am moving across the country. More on that. (laughs) Um, But we are going to take a break for that. Take a little breather. But we will be back. The following week. And uh, so sit tight. Thank you for tuning in and uh, catch you later. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.